Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to another rendition, episode, session, I I don't know what we want to call this, <laughs> but welcome to Light the Fight, and Heidi and I have finally found out what we need to call ourselves, because yeah. we're definitely not life coaches, right? okay, so we figured out we are worst case scenario coaches. <laughs> so if, in, in fact, you're either in a worst case scenario, or you don't want to be in a worse and you, case scenario. Or you've tried everything else and you feel this is like, it's not working. <laughs> then you've, you're you in the right place. No, it reminds me of, remember the A-team? It starts off as like, when you've called everyone, another call, the A-team. Like at the very end of I that, that was my. I don't remember. Come the, on, I don't Mr. Remember, T. Like, the, well, I remember. They used to have to drug him to get him to f- fly in the plane because he was scared of flying. You know oh, yeah, that's right. But the the opening credits, like the opening things, like you know, talking about like helicopter, like that helicopter sounds. The very end's like, but if you can't find any help, whatever, you've tried everything else. Call the eighteen. Well, I I will stand by that. That honestly, if you have. You've listened to everything, everything you've tried, all of your knee-jerk reactions, all of your mom and grandma's, like all of their techniques and tactics, and that didn't work. Or if doing everything your parents did to you didn't work. <laughs> or like, yeah. Definitely. Then, then Call the B you know, team. Maybe it's- We're the B team. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We're the B team. You got a little, you got a little crafty mafty right there, uh, huh? Uh, here's the thing. You, guys, you remember we're on video. See, Heidi been... forgot after the pandemic. We're on video, Heidi. I know. So you're this supposed is, to like... No, this is what you get, you okay. guys. I'm okay. not going to come all like bougie and dress up like David. Okay. okay. In, like the silky <laughs> jacket or whatever. You... Hey, it's my bomber jacket, right? <laughs> you look you're great. You know, I'm trying to. But me, you don't know. I have been up since so long and it's been so crazy. And right before this, mm. you know where I was? A rugby game. And you know what that does? Stresses me out. Mm-hmm. And it was like 100 degrees below zero. It was so cold. So Damn gopher hard. didn't pop its was, head out, no, man. Ran back in, right? I don't know in, what right? is happening. It is ridiculous. But Long winter. I'm just happy to be here. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, too. And thank you for everyone, all of our Loyal Light Fight listeners, all of our new listeners. Thanks for joining us here. Now Heidi's looking Jeez. at the elbow. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> noticed that at the time. I'm like, this, you know. And uh, also, too, we want to give a big shout out, big thank you to all of our newest Patreon yes, members. Thank you. You guys, thank you. So cool of you. Yes, thank you very much. And if you didn't pick up on last week's episode, um, we started a great thing called Patreon. It's www.patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, backslash, light the fight. And it just means more us. Oh, patreon.com. So P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, backslash, light the fight. Hopefully right now in the video, there's some type of a... And we'll be giving you a little tutorial to walk you through this. I know for many of you out there, 
just those little steps of like just clicking one what button, going to the next button, figuring yeah. out what is Patreon. So um, we have a little intro video to Patreon. So if you happen to go check out our Patreon and check it out, we'll give you a little intro video as far as breaking down what you get. But in short, for all of you people who sign up on Patreon, we are going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. We're already doing some of it. So we're answering questions from you guys, uh, our listeners, questions that we've had in our queue for a long time. But if you want to submit questions from here on out, you have to go to Patreon. Patreon, it costs $5 to join up. It's a monthly subscription. And basically what you're doing is you're giving us the means to be able to provide more content, be more accessible, and really take everything we're doing to a whole different level. So besides being able to uh, submit questions, you'll be able to uh, also submit your suggestions for topics for our podcast, so polling questions. And we're going to be doing tutorials as well. So you get a bunch of free questions. What do I say free questions? I don't know why I said free. Not craft tutorials. Guys. Not craft tutorials. You, you get a bunch of questions that you get answered on Patreon. And it's pretty cool because we get to answer these questions and we get to do tutorials, but for a very select part of our community. So be an exclusive member of our Light the Fight community by joining Patreon. i got to tell you a funny story. Um, so recently, Eric and I have... Um, hired a new a nutrition coach, and uh, like is this a, a confession a, or? Well, no, this okay. is a whole story. It's you know, it's a positive thing. Um, <laughs> we have a wedding coming up. I don't know if you know that yet. So I do. You know, we 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 got to step it up a little bit because you know those photos they last forever, and your grandkids do. So anyway, we started going to this nutritious, super cool guy. Uh, shout out to. Rise Fitness. All right. His name's Mark. And um, anyway, I, you know, we just have barely started to get to know him. And um, he was, went and looked at my social media, saw that I had a podcast, went and looked at it. And it just kind of like, he just kind of thought that it sounded familiar. And he went back into his text message from 2019 with one of his cousins who had messaged him a link to the podcast and said, you got to start listening to this. And he, he never did. But, you know, now <laughs> he will. He, <laughs> now he will. He's the one. He's a pre-crisis, you know. Good. He's a pre-worst case scenario, probably. But with Good in the sense but, that it's better to get a hold ahead of it. <clears throat> amen. But it was kind of fun. I, I kind of had, like, some street cred, even though, like, it was real bad when – he taught he, today. He was teaching me how to do that thing that you slide. What's what's it called? You know that sliding thing. I don't know what it's called, but I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <clears throat> it is harder than it looks. Yeah. That's that's what I have to say about that. Great leg workout, that's for yeah. sure. So um, I'm gonna come a long ways. I'm gonna. I'm I, I'm looking forward to the transformation. Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. <laughs> I have, I have a feeling from now until the transformation, we may get a lot of complaining in the middle of there, you but might. hey, you that's might. just part of the deal, right? We're here for you. We're here for you. Well, before we jump in the episode, Heidi, why don't we do um, a little something really quick? Why don't you just read off to our listeners what questions we're going to be answering on Patreon this week? Um, so we've taken a lot of uh, submissions, and these are the questions that if you want to run over to check out our Patreon, and um, you can check it out. But these are questions plan on hearing this week. Okay, the first one that we're going to talk to is how to help your kid through their first, like, real breakup. Um, and not – the answer is not there's other fish in the sea. That's the spoiler, right? <laughs> okay, number two, what – 
like what is the main shift between being a parent of a teen and a parent of a young adult? Um, we've got a lot of people, myself included, that are starting to realize the true pain and heartache and <laughs> frustration and fear and worry of that shift from a teenager into a young adult. And um, we just want to talk. Dave's going to give us... Yeah, members of our community... I'm trying to say this very politically, Greg. <laughs> members of our community sometimes have issues with that launching part. Very with difficult. With their teenagers. Very difficult. Even if they move it out of the house, like, man, they're really here a lot. So I Almost might... Feels I mean, I'm like not they're sure. still living that, that question sounds pretty familiar. I felt like it, there were some echoes, like, from myself. But anyway. Definitely. Submitted by <laughs> Helda Swap. We're, we're actually not <laughs> writing who submitted it. That It's anonymous. You guys. Okay. That one could have been from you, though. Um, okay. How do you help your kid to see their own inadequacies when they are in a tailspin? You know, I think, obviously, whenever anybody, it doesn't even have to be your kid. It might be your brother. It might be your friend. It might be your neighbor. And you see them freaking out. And it's so easy to be like, well, if you just stop this, you know, it'd fix everything, right? Yeah. So we're going to talk about um, helping your teenagers seeing their own weaknesses. David is. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> what if a kid just doesn't seem to care? I don't – that question, um, like if we were listing who that came from, there would be a, a long list of – um, of people. That one's in a lot of the questions we get. So. Yeah. Um, and then the last one that we're going to be answering just this week is how do you approach parenting a child in a same-sex relationship? Yep. So if you want to check those out, go to www.patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com backslash light the fight. And uh, be a special member of our community all at the same time while supporting us so we can continue to do this and bring you many more great things. You can listen on your phone. You can also watch us. So right now we're recording on video, and so you can you can just feel like you're right yeah. here. In Go studio. to Light the Fight on YouTube and subscribe. Yeah. And uh, Yeah. Okay, so let's go ahead and get into the episode. Enough uh, jibber-jabber. Let's jump right into it. Heidi wants to talk about something that she's personally trying to do with her new fitness journey. And that is believing. See, she's got to believe that she's anti-fragile. Yeah, we're going to talk about anti-fragile, you guys. Um, this, you know, we talk, when we do a Don't Freak Out event, and this is actually like the new and improved Don't Freak Out event. It evolves. It evolves every time, you know. But um, one of the things that we go into is this concept of anti-fragile. And it's it's really kind of sparked from this guy. What's the guy? You pronounce the guy's name. Nassim Talib. Yeah. Spell it. No, just kidding. <laughs> N-A-S-E-E-M-T-A-L-I-B, I think. Nassim now, Talib. the reality is that if you go and read the book, it's not really about teens, right? Yeah. It's not about... He mentions it, but it's, it's not, not about... It's not really teens. a relationship book. It's a concept. And the thing that I love about it, and we actually have talked about anti-fragile, but I've seen something happen in my life over the last year um, that is some evidence. And I want to share it with you. But 
but I also want to talk about how do you know when it's not anti-fragile and and you actually need to intervene. So so before I kind of share my little experience that has been really eye-opening and, and really cool to watch, um, let's just kind of give a quick overview. Um, and I remember when David introduced this topic to me because I hadn't read the book yet. But he basically said to me, you know, Heidi, what's the opposite of fragile? And I was like, you know, breakable, um, you know, or unbreakable. Weak. unbreakable. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Unbreakable, resilient yeah. is the the word that we talked about. Yeah. Um, somebody who's just super strong, and you know, like maybe they're bulletproof. We kind of talked about some of those things, and um, and it was then that he said, actually, the opposite. A fragile is not resilient. It's not bulletproof. It's not hard and strong. The opposite of fragile is anti-fragile. So why don't you just give a quick overview? Yeah, in, in his book, um, he talks about certain things like the market crash in 2000, end of 2007, 2008, how it turns out certain things need to be tested. Certain, certain things need to be broken down to be able to be better and like, come back stronger have to like to rise of know, the phoenix just like calluses right like you have to work the hands at first you cut your fingers the snap and then it turns into callus oh now it's become stronger than it ever was before the phoenix right there's tons of stories of that um but the reason why he talks about it it's not like resilience isn't the opposite of fragile because resilient means to resist at its core so um when when you want your kids to be resilient that's a good thing you want them to be able to you know, to be able to resist all these things or knock them down so they could stand in the middle of a storm, they can take all these things. But anti-fragile is something different because if you look at your child as anti-fragile, what you're really seeing them is, now granted, I'm not saying kids can't be hurt, harmed, or bad things can happen to them, but through the process, and you know, if you ever take psychology classes, you know, through the constant process of development and growth from a child to an adolescent to an adult, to an adult there's always things that have to be done, uh, checklists that have to be checked inside of our normal life for us to be able to be independent, living adults, caring for ourselves. And those things require a lot of the times us being tested, challenged, feeling broken. Um, could you imagine for a second, all you guys out there, could you imagine that if everyone married the very first person you ever went out on a date with? Not your first person you ever were in a serious relationship with just your very first date right divorce rates would be like 99% right 99.9% .9 so everyone out there that's gone through a broken heart in the middle of the going through a broken heart you feel broken you feel fragile looking back on your life of all the broken hearts and if you're fortunate enough to be in a good relationship you could look at those things is that you weren't fragile you were anti-fragile like you had to be broken down in certain regards, to be able to know what you know, to know what is going to work for you in a relationship, what's not going to work for you, what you need to be in a relationship, what you don't need to be in a relationship. So that's really what anti-fragile is. And, you know, he he does a great job inside this book. And, you know, we've adopted this towards um, a perception for us as parents, how we look at our kids. We have to see them as anti-fragile. Now, I'm not trying to get crazy here and say, like, just throw your kids to the wolves and... 
your kid's five years old, you know, they can walk to the store and come back by themselves. It's only five miles away, you know. <laughs> Let's not get crazy and just start, you know, let your kids sleep over at every, anyone's house you want, even if you don't know them that well. Who cares who babysits your kids? Just, yeah, you know, as it'll long toughen as, them up. It'll toughen them up. Even if something's wrong. We're not saying ruthless. We're not saying, like, um, without having care, without being cautious. But what we are saying is that the things that our kids are going through, without a doubt, put them in situations where it breaks them down only to be a different, more evolved version of themselves. For So can I just share one thing that really helped me yeah. when I was learning this concept is um, you talk about like a really fine wine glass, like a really like the, the glass is just so thin and perfectly shaped. Perfect. Yeah. And if you were to drop it, it would shatter and it would need to be thrown away. There's no coming back from that. So that's the definition. Doesn't benefit from breaking right. at all. Right. There it's it's just gone. Where you know, if we're looking at our kids like if they run for office at their school and they don't make it, they're never gonna come back from that. Right? Or, you know, something goes wrong, they get you you let them go out there and expose themselves to a broken heart, to driving in a car, to, you know, a lot of things can go wrong. And what we, we need to look at our kids as, like, even if something goes wrong, they're going to learn a lesson and it's going to be okay. And together, when you have a great relationship, you can get through anything. And so you don't have to view them like... When you look at somebody, and we talk a lot about like your facial expression, your body, yep. and your body. When you look at somebody that you just think that they're such a, they're so fragile, and you just want to protect them, and you know, you're giving them a message, right? The bottom line is that as parents, our goal is to treat our kids like they're anti-fragile, empower them like they're anti-fragile. And especially our body language, facial expressions, everything really have to show that we see them as anti-fragile and needing support through whatever difficulty thing they're going through. And this is really hard because we kind of know like, okay, when your kid comes and says, I want to try out for this team, and you're like, all right, let's be honest. You're not going to make this. You've never done that. You like, know, what, those kids are really talented and, out and there. And you're like, don't try out because you're not going to make it. And I don't want to deal with your sadness mm -hmm. or your embarrassment. Right? Like, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, or if you're like me and you're like really, you know, successful young athlete growing up, I don't want my kids to do anything. Like I have this nervous thing. If I don't think they're going to be amazing at it, I don't want them to do it. I don't, I don't know what is wrong with Stare me. Yeah, this is, this is something that I fight. So continue. Anyway, I think that there's a lot of situations, um, you know, especially like when your kid's just starting to drive, when your kid is starting to kind of push on some of those boundaries and they want to stay out a little bit later at a friend's house or they want to go on those date, those first dates or um, maybe get in a job. Anything like this is starting to make you feel like, okay, you want to be in control yeah. or you, you don't want them to get hurt or you don't want something to go wrong and so you want to just kind of limit yeah. everything. Okay, well, so hopefully we've, we've covered that. You probably get it. 
So I want to tell you this story, and I don't think that Capri is going to listen to the podcast. So I'm just going to be honest with you. Capri is her relative's daughter. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> Not hers. Tell you a story about this person that I know. Now, if you guys know me personally, which we know you do, um, my oldest daughter is right now serving a mission in Texas, and so she's been gone for almost a year. Um, That's crazy. And it is crazy. It goes by fast. And, you know, if you've listened to any of those, like, oldest daughter, oldest first, oldest child, same-sex podcast that we do, when you talk about, like, Quincy is, um, she, like, reads, kind of reads my energy. She compensates for me. And letting her go and having her leave was scary and hard. And... I also knew it was going to change the dynamic in our family. And at the same time as I was feeling like really sad that Quincy was going to be leaving, I also knew that it was going to be a chance for my next youngest daughter to just kind of get a little bit more space in the realm, in the kingdom. (laughs) You know, she's five years younger. And um, if you know Quincy, she... um, very dominating energy in our home. Um, and we love that about her. Um, so Quincy leaves. I know that kind of Capri is next it's up. Her op- it's her opportunity to start. It's time on deck. Up. And it's time to go. You know, immediately she likes, you know, straight to the closet, yeah. straight to the shoes. And she's starting to like, you know, wear the shoes. Anyway, few things happened last year, right when Quincy left. A lot of struggles with friends, a lot of tears, a lot of feeling left out, a lot of showing up someplace only to find an entire group of her friends and she wasn't invited. Yeah. Um, another situation happened where she kind of felt like she needed to be on it, like she was going to naturally rise to the next level in her dance. Yeah. And the way that the dance um, owners, the the way that the director decided to do things is she split all the teams differently. And Capri got separated from people that she's danced with all the time. And in her mind, she perceived she was being left out. And it was only compounding this left out situation. And, And you guys know, when you've got a kid that is like literally... Every weekend we're crying about this. Every night she's alone. There was, and, and dance, which was her safe place, was like not as safe. And she started to really like question everything about herself. Where, you know, and maybe you've even heard us talk about podcasts where like, okay, if, if your friends don't like you, go find some friends that do. You know, like we're having all of these, hard talks and I'm trying to be the buddy okay well I wanted you to hang out with me anyway you know whatever (laughs) well something started to happen um as time went on I will tell you we had a really rough go I started to notice Capri defending herself a little bit more standing up for herself a little bit more 
not feeling sorry for herself. And this was like a slow process. I'm talking over nine months, probably. Um, and so she told me, you know, she kind of was like, I hate, I'm, I'm done with dance. I'm not going to dance anymore. I'm out. I'm going to play rugby, she told me. And I could tell she was like kind of trying to figure out who she was, trying to like, okay, well, if I'm not going to do this thing that I've done for the last 10 years and my mom has spent $30 million on, what am I going <laughs> to do? And, and it was like, okay, well, are you going to be a, a mountain biker? Are you going to be a runner? Are you going to play soccer? And she's like, I'm going to play rugby. And, and I'm just thinking to myself, okay, it is hard enough for me to watch my boys. But Capri does not have like, you know, there's certain, there's certain sports where you like have a build and you, yeah, yeah it wasn't that. But, but you know what? I was like keeping my mouth shut, yeah. which I was really proud about. Yeah. I didn't even bring up the $32 million, yeah. right? Yeah. I was like, you know what? <laughs> I just want you to be happy. I just want you to do something. I just don't want you sitting here. I want you to be active. I want you to be burning energy because you know what I say? A good teenager is a tired teenager, <laughs> right? I want you out there getting tired. I think I've heard tired. you say that, but okay. Oh, that was, that was like my whole premise. Does being up all night playing video games count for tired? Oh, wait. No, no, no. Not that kind of oh, tired. Oh, physically tired. Okay. Like, because you're just like out there running around the field. Because if that was the case, there's a lot of good teenagers <laughs> out there. That's true. I didn't think about that. Physically exhausted physical, okay. from physical exertion. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's hard to... Use those paddles with your thumbs and <laughs> right. shoot all those people in Call of Duty. That's difficult. She goes to the first rugby combine is what it's yeah. called. And she came home. She's like, nope, nope, out, not happening. Um, and, you know, Eric is coaching. Connor's excited. Capri even got, like, a rugby sweatshirt for this high school right. for Christmas. Like, because we were behind her, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um. About the same minute, she decided, no rugby. She was like, all right, I guess I got to do drill. This is what I knew. This is what I do. So drill team is competitive dance in high school. And our oldest daughter, Quincy, who she's, Capri is very much like the oldest. Quincy is very much a role model, model for Capri. So she, she's going to follow in these footsteps. Yeah. And I have PTSD, drill PTSD, if you guys know. Um, she started to recognize, like, mind you, she's kind of feeling like she's not measured up in the, in the dance, and so she's going to take some extra classes. She's going to do some extra training. And she starts getting, like, more feedback from people who aren't her coach. And she starts to be, like, working. I've never seen her practice so much um, as she did leading up to drill team. Yeah. But drill team, you guys, is no joke. And... If I'm being honest, I didn't know if Capri had what it took. I just, she's really different than than Quincy in the way that she approaches things, and I don't like to compare them. And then I also do accidentally, privately, right? Um, <laughs> Comparison so, is impossible not to do. Continue. I think that I might have been equally as nervous as Capri going into that drill team tryout so you're trying to tell us that you weren't necessarily 
looking at her like she was anti-fragile at that moment? I was saying things like, now if you don't make it. (laughs) I'm sorry, I don't mean to be laughing. I just want you to know that there are other things. Like, it's not the end of the world. This is not all of our eggs in one basket. You're saying, hey, there's pillows everywhere for you to fall (laughs) safely on just in case things don't work out. I took her to get the neon shorts because she needed to stand out. Yeah. I was I was all there for her. But inside I was like, if this girl doesn't make this, you know another nine months. I'm screwed forever. Yep. So long story short, she made the team. And there were two nights that we didn't know. In fact, like the first, when they, they told them they were going to tell them after the second tryout, and then they said, we're not going to, we're going to send an email out in the morning at 7 a.m. Yeah. So like all the girls, again, a whole night of not knowing and just, and I'm just like trying to decide, like, how do I really set this up? Yeah. 7 a.m. comes, no email, and it's not until 7.23 that the yeah. email comes and, and Capri made it. And she's sitting in the car. We're driving to school, and she is just crying of relief and excitement. And here's what I learned from an individual who was was uh, judging. So they don't let the coach – the coach isn't the one picking the team. They bring in outside judges. And um, I happened to know – I didn't know she was a judge then, and she didn't know that Capri was my daughter – we know each other through rugby, ironically. But she's like, oh, that was your daughter in those neon shorts that I, that we got. There you go, bedazzle. <laughs> she's like, she had so much confidence. She just played right to the judges. She's not like she's got some work to do. She's going to have to put in the work. But we loved her attitude. You know, and I was like. She wasn't scared I like mean, her I mom knew. on the sidelines, right? she could do it. Anyway, okay, so here's my story. I had a lot of time in this last year that I just didn't know if Capri was going to make it. I was mad at her friends. I wanted to go and tell her friends off. I wanted to call her friends' moms and tell them off. And, and every parent wants to do that in those situations. Oh, every parent hard. wants to do those situations. It was really hard. Um. But now, Capri is way more competent in her friendship. She's not, she's not hanging out in every word. She doesn't have to be invited to every single thing. She is asserting herself. She's saying, hey, I want to come. You know, not just waiting yeah. for someone to text her. Like, yeah. it's different. And I think we had to go through that. I know we had to go through that, right? So, So she couldn't be where she's at right now if she wasn't broken down. And really right. doubting herself, wanted she decided not to do it anymore. Right. Had to go full circle. And it was hard for me to watch. And I was scared that I was gonna be picking up those pieces. Yeah. So that's all good. That's a happy, yeah. happy good story. And she's got a long ways to go. And and for all of our listeners, they're listening to this, putting their own situation with their kids, it like filling it in the blanks, right? It's your right. story, but like a lot of people that's a very right. relatable story. Right, right. Yeah. It also happens to be 
Corey's birthday tomorrow. And, you know, he hasn't been here for the last five birthdays. And obviously there was a point in there that he broke. How do you find that line? How do you know when you let your kids suffer? It turns out to be their betterment versus their demise yeah. or their that breaks them. Well, in, in this specific situation, I got something very, you know, um, I mean, it, it's different. You were a part of, you know, Capri and her struggle. You guys were talking about this. This was an ongoing thing that you guys were working with. Corey's was in secret. That's a huge difference. Right. Because you're looking at it like in hindsight saying, now that I know all these things I didn't know then, what would I – like we've done this before. Like you can't – like, you know, it's right, a very right, difficult right. place to go and, because – Capri is different and you can't really compare – but in, in, for all the parents out there, even if we take it out of a less extreme case because you've actually lost your son to someone who's fearing to lose their kids and maybe it could be to something as extreme as suicide or maybe it could be to just depression in and of itself, a uh, lack of self-worth. So then they start hanging out with different friends because everyone has seen those stories before. Yeah. We've all seen those we, kids we, that we were like, through it ourselves, probably. hey, whatever happened to so-and-so? They were so great. And we don't hear from them anymore. Next thing you know, hang out with the wrong crowd. They're doing this, they're doing that. Then they start going down a, a troublesome road, right? And with the anti-fragile, the biggest difference between anti-fragile and just carefreely just saying, hey, well, whatever doesn't break you, you know, makes you stronger. Because those are two huge extremes. Or like even that, the yeah. tough love. Or even situation. the tough love, right? Um, with, with the whole entire anti-fragile, what's different about that is that it's really a perception of a parent looking at their child and then they're mirroring this for their child. That's what anti-fragile, the way we're using it really is. Mirroring, no matter what happens, <laughs> I'm going to be here. Well, yeah, because think about and it. You're going to be If you're someone's be okay. fragile, you don't invest in something fragile, meaning you don't constantly put time and effort into something you got to put that that's in fragile. a shelf and it's got to be if something on the I was just going to say if you view something as fragile you have to protect it yeah that's the difference between our kids in, in this concept is that of course we're going to protect our kids but are we going to protect our kids when they don't need protecting and if so how do we know the difference between when they need protecting versus they need coaching, supporting through the difficult right. things they're so going through. Right, so I guess through. that's probably the real yeah, question. That, yeah, that's, yeah. So, I always like it when he figures out the actual question. Well, in my defense, for the past 22 years, <laughs> I'm talking to people who are a little, you know, not in the best mental, emotional yeah, stages, right. and I got to, like, I got to speak, like, frustration, depression, and they're like, what you really mean is this? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, what you said <laughs> right there, right? Um, so, no, the perception is I'm a mirror 
what do I want my kids to, how do I want my kids to see themselves in my mirror? Do I want them to see it like it's a funhouse mirror in a circus where they're all distorted and look like a clown in the mirror? Do they, do I want them to see in the mirror that I'm scared to death? Do I want them to see that I'm validating that this is serious? I'm acknowledging that this is hard, that everything they're going through is a real tough time. And I'm not flinching when it comes to what I believe they're capable of. Even though you don't know the outcome of a tryout, whether it be for dance or a big test or whatever it is, you don't know the outcome, but you know the person that's going into it. So you're really betting on them. And whenever someone bets on you, as an adult, like let's say you're partnering up with someone to benefit your business. If someone says, hey, we're going to put time, effort, and money into you because we feel that you have something unique and special. You step it up. You step it up, exactly. So they're mirroring for you the thing that you can't see in yourself because other people are mirrors for us. And if you have the right person at the right time, that's why the best coaches are, and I use this example all the time, but it bears repeating, the best coaches are, you made a mistake, make up for it. It's that mentality. You don't stop. Like You don't sit there and say, okay, let me take the next two to three weeks or four weeks to try to process all my deep hurt and pain and feelings about the scenario. No, what you do is you look at your kids and you say, listen, I don't know how you feel like personally, but according to me, what you're telling me how you feel, you're broken, you're this, you're that, and all these things, you validate all their feelings and you mirror for them the way you see them. What they do, like if they pass a test or if they fail a test, you're only mirroring for them that they are by far capable of passing that test. But you are mirroring for them the reality that if you see yourself as fragile, you'll never take a second crack at it. If you don't see yourself as fragile, then you have an opportunity to learn how to figure out something that's difficult and that's hard. Watching your kids struggle and still allowing them to go through the struggle and let other people around help them with that doesn't mean that you're not going to help them. It means that you may not be the first person at the scene. You may be able to, you may have to sit back and allow them to go through a little bit on their own. And as long as you're mirroring for them, they're going to be able to handle this and come out on top because coming out on top doesn't mean tomorrow you win. It could mean in the future, you've set yourself up to learn from these bumps and bruises. I will say, um, obviously in these, in the, in these years since we lost Corey and in these, particularly these years of, um, the podcast, it's really taught me how to get in closer and how to connect and how to make sure I know exactly what's going on or, um, and so I appreciate what you said, um, because I didn't know where Corey was at and I didn't even realize how not connected we were. Um, and, and that's key to the podcast. If you guys have been a long-term listener, she's never said if I would have done all these things, he would still be alive. But what she does say if I were to do all these things, we would have been even closer. I would have more of an intimate understanding of his thoughts, feelings, and emotions. And he would have shown them to me because I would have allowed for this thing to happen that was organic and he could have just dumped those things on me. Now, everybody knows I'll take that probability of helping anyone, whether it be from a suicide situation, right. whether it be helping them as a coach, as a teacher. 
the more information you have and the better information you have, your likelihood to get through those difficult times are higher. That's what you've always been saying. Like, I would have done these things different to have a better, deeper connection. And all of you guys can have that with your kids. Now, everyone wants better odds. That's all we're, we're talking about. It just right. would increase odds right. of things getting better. And I think I, like, when I when we talk about anti-fragile, like, I didn't think that Corey was about to break. Yeah. Right? And so I wasn't not mirroring. Like, I was saying things like, you're going to be fine. You're going to, you're going to be okay. You're, you know, so I was a little dismissive in my anti-fragile belief because I really did think everything was going to work its way out. Like we're going to get through this. It's going to be fine. I think it's important to be in that pain with them. Yes. Rather than just saying, you're going to be fine. Well, because it's so easy to say those things like, you're going to be fine. This will be better for you. You're not even going to care about this two years from now. This is not going to matter, blah, blah, blah. But it matters now. When you have an anti, as a parent with your kid, when you have an anti-fragile approach, like that's what you're trying to mirror for them, you're not predicting that they will be just fine. You're not predicting that this is going to be a memory. It's no big deal. You're not being dismissive of all their thoughts and feelings. You're validating their thoughts and feelings because you understand them. You have that close connection with them to know that this means a lot to them. Like, let's say it's a tryout. And if they didn't make the tryout, then you see that they're heartbroken. You sit there with them with their with them being having a broken heart. You don't get into teaching and coaching right away. Always start out with the just acknowledging, validating. And then after that, then you get to make those bold mic drop statements. And then you get to say those things, say, hey, I can't predict the future. Because if you tell your kids, say, listen, you're going to be fine. That's not a bad thing to say. But saying, I can't predict the future because I, I don't know what that holds. If you're going to make it the second time you try out or whatever you know is going to happen. But here's what I can tell. I can tell from watching you throughout your whole entire life that I will bet that you're more likely to learn from this experience and if you try out for this again, or if you try out for something else again, you'll remember the things that you didn't do to prepare. You'll remember the things that were off for you, and you'll correct, if not all of them, a large portion of them to increase your chances that you'll do better next time. Like there's just a certain way to break things down that people can sit there and go, okay, that, that seems realistic. Our brain doesn't buy BS. Our brain doesn't buy, oh, you're fine. Because our brain's like, I don't feel fine right now. Right. No, right? I'm not. My emotions aren't telling me I'm I'm fine right now. And you know, for everyone out there that's been really emotional, imagine the pat this past week, the most emotional you've ever gotten. And then imagine a teenager like that all day, every day. Because that's teenagers' emotions are whoo, this is zero to sixty, man. It's intense. Right. But what's also as intense is that they can get over it a lot faster than us as adults can. So be really careful not to. To, to mirror that they're fragile because they may feel fragile at that moment. We don't want to accidentally mirror to them that we see them as fragile at that moment either. You can cry with someone. You can feel bad for them. You can have empathy, compassion, sympathy, and still still model for them that they're not fragile. Well, I appreciate that. And I want to thank you guys for listening. Obviously, you know, I'm really just 
sensitive because I know that there's a lot of you that are just in that, like you look at your, at your child and you're, you know, they're, oh, 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 stop. I got to pick up the carpool. Um, <laughs> Night school. <laughs> you, I know that there's a lot of us that see that our kids are in a precarious situation, maybe with depression, maybe with friends, maybe with choices that they're making or not making, um, progress that they're not making or making, you know, like all the things. Um, but I guess I just, when we talk about these two extremes of Capri thriving and rising up and, and I'm really proud of her and losing Corey. I'm always like dissecting like what I could have done different or what I could have done better. I think that this concept is so important because it really illustrates the need to work on the relationship. Nothing else matters. The grades don't matter. The spot on the drill team doesn't matter. Everything is figureoutable, especially when we, the stronger the relationship gets. Well, and I know this is a bigger, a bigger thing that I'm jumping into. So I'll say this and just we'll end the podcast (laughs) 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 just like that. Um, It actually is tougher to show your kids and have that attitude, have that approach, model and mirror for your kids that they're anti-fragile if you believe you're fragile. Because it's really hard to give something to someone that you don't have to give. And this is where I lose a lot of parents, and a lot of parents will admit this to me. They're like, I'm trying to do this for my kids, but I'm kind of a hypocrite. Because I'm telling them they can achieve their dreams, they can do this, they can do that. And... Um, I'm not really acting like I can do mine. And so when my kids have this, they come back at me and say, why don't you do this? Why don't you do that? And I get really defensive and then I realize, okay, this is not going the way I want it to be because every parent wants to show strength, resiliency, and all these amazing qualities to encourage your kids. And at the same time, our kids are watching us. So if you really want to really bring this home and make some bold statements and say some things to your child that's going to make them feel like they're anti-fragile, then it would really help if you could find some of those bold statements and be able to look in yourself in the mirror, do a video journal where you could say some things to yourself to coach yourself through those feelings that you're fragile. Because even victims, like actual real victims to horrible crimes, people that I've worked with have gone through horrible tragedies and they've been victimized. In their future life, when they're going through tough times, they don't want to feel like a victim in everything that's difficult for them. And that's a tough fight because it's it's an easy place to go to. It's like, man, I've been a victim before. This feels really similar. Let me go back to that place where I'm damned if I do, damned if I don't. I don't really have power and control my situation. So for all of you parents out there that really want to be able to like, I'm going to show my kids that they're not fragile, they're anti-fragile, and that they can accomplish these things. Well, then it would really help if you could find some things to say out loud in front of your kids about yourself that models for them that you believe that you're anti-fragile. 
And sometimes it's going to start with acknowledging that you feel like you're very fragile. And then you throw an and in there. And I know if I let those thoughts be entertained in my head, I'm going to actually become a victim. And that's not who I am. So that way, when they're hearing you coaching yourself through these things out loud, then you come to them. They're going to believe this is a script that you're reading too. Because if you're just giving them this like, you know, like, hey, I read this book. I listened to this podcast. They told me to tell you this. It's not going to really pack that punch and it's not going to be that believable because they came from you. And if they came from you and you feel that you're fragile, but you're selling them that they're not fragile, that's a tough sell. That's a really tough sell. So I'll just leave you with that. You're right. There, it feels like there's a big deeper, <laughs> a big deeper we can go, but it, it makes a lot of sense, yep. actually. Well, thank you guys for listening and for joining us. For those of you who are seeing this on Patreon, thank you for being here and um, and being in this journey. It is a journey um, with us. Thank you for listening and thank you for supporting us. Thank you for sharing the podcast with your friends. Um, and if you wanted to like give us a review or whatever, you could. Um, or it's like an interesting Uber carpool. Uh, at least that, right? Just a really interesting Pass it Uber on. carpool. Pass it on. <laughs> um, anyway, like we always say, thank you, you guys, for helping us to light the fight.